This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'll Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 208, and this is my live podcast recording from the New York Roadrunners Run Center with elite runners, Sarah Hall, Kellen Taylor, and Roberta Groner. I had the opportunity to talk with all three of these women pre-New York City Marathon, two days before the race. It was crazy getting into the city. I had a canceled flight and had a really whirlwind of a time getting to the city. I actually landed at 12.02 p.m., actually landed at 12.02 p.m. at LaGuardia and had to be at the Run Center in Manhattan by 1. Well, I walked in at 1.14 and we started a little bit late, but I did the best I could to get there. Uh, I was honored to talk to these three ladies. Uh, Kellen Taylor ended up finishing as the second American in the field behind Des Linden. Roberta Groner was the fourth American and third Masters. She placed 13th overall and had a fantastic race. And Unfortunately, Sarah Hall was sick. She had some stomach issues the day before and had to pull out. But honestly, getting to talk with her before the race was so inspiring. I was super bummed for Sarah, but all three of these ladies are an inspiration. They're all three mothers, so I definitely had a couple questions about motherhood and training as a pro. And I really hope you enjoy this conversation with these ladies. The episode of this podcast is sponsored by the New York Roadrunners Run Center. This place is such a central awesome hub for New York City and anybody who's coming into town for the races that they have. They have all kinds of classes and services and groups and events planned that you can be a part of. And the cool thing about the Run Center right now that I'm seeing is they are being so supportive of so many other people in the running community as well. They're super supportive of this podcast and so many other running podcasts out there. As the year has gone on since I first started working with them, I have really seen this community come together and just be such a great part of the running world, not just in New York City. They have virtual races all around the year and they have really cool programming with the Team for Kids program. So I encourage you to check them out. Go to nyrr.org, see all the great stuff going on at the Run Center, and also check out the virtual races they have going on. You can be a part of those no matter where you are, anywhere in the world. You can take part in their virtual races and be a part of the greater community. All right, friends, I hope you take a little something from this conversation with three of the top American marathoners in the country. Enjoy. All right. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, My name is John Phillips. I'm the director of runner programming here at New York Roadrunners. Thank you guys so much for your patience and for uh, for joining us tonight Um, or today, this afternoon. It's been a long week already. Uh, Let's give, first off, a a really, really uh, big, warm New York City welcome to Lindsay Hine, who literally just flew in. She just made it here. So we're so thankful that, that she's here, but she has an incredible group of panelists here who are going to talk all about their 2019 TCS New York City Marathon. So, Lindsay, please take it away. 
Okay, I'm so happy to be here. You know, the first time I did one of these interviews, it was New York City Marathon weekend, and I was about two and a half months postpartum. So I'm feeling a lot better today than I was last November. Um, thank you so much, and I'm so excited to talk to these three ladies. Um, have had the opportunity to talk with all of them on my podcast. And fun fact, Sarah was my first elite runner to ever come on the show. So um, three years ago, I remember sending her this email and getting a response. And she was, I think, episode eight or nine or something. So this is kind of full circle. But um, today we're sitting up here with these powerhouse multifaceted women who all happen to be mothers, which I love that. Um, so how are we feeling, ladies? Could, Sarah, do you want to start? How are you feeling two days out from the New York City Marathon? I'm feeling good. It's, it's always fun to be here in the city this weekend. Like, there's just so much energy around that it's almost like you don't need to bring the enthusiasm yourself. It's just, like, contagious. You just get in the park, and all of a sudden you're in a race with someone on the bridal path. And so um, I've been coming to New York I think I've been here every marathon weekend except one over the last 15 years. So it's just been like a staple in my life. I haven't run. I've only run one other time, the marathon. But it's just felt like a, a, like a moment that you always look forward to in the year. So it's good to be back. How's Roberta feeling? I'm feeling very well. Um, obviously, I love being here. It's kind of my hometown. So I live an hour away in New Jersey. Um, I enjoy coming into Central Park, and like Sarah said, just the enthusiasm and excitement from the city itself is contagious. So, awesome! And I saw Kellen. You went trick or treating last night. I mean, we kind of kind of went trick or treating. <laughs> we went to the store and bought candy. <laughs> um, you know, world's okayest mom. That's what I hashtag. I saw like, that. I don't, I, don't, I don't know, but we did a thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling good uh, being here. Uh, you know, I'm coming from the West Coast. So we have the time change. Yesterday, I felt like garbage, to be completely honest. But today, I felt really good. And yeah, it is a special place. New York is, you know, it's a really fun city to come to during a marathon weekend. There's people everywhere. You know, you always see the groups in the park that are from the different countries. They've got their flags, and there's like 100 people behind them. And you kind of have to run through the sea of them. But, you know, everybody's excited. There's a lot of enthusiasm for the weekend. It's really fun. What's your favorite bridge to run over? Who has an answer for that? You've all run the race. Verrazano, because it's the very beginning. <laughs> Feel great. I agree, Verrazano. <laughs> sure, I'll go with that. <laughs> Do you, you don't feel that hill? I mean, it's like a, when I ran in 2017, we were in like a 650 mile, which for most of us elites is very slow. Um, so, you know, we're like, I, was, I remember being in the very front, and I was like, where is everybody? Why am I leading this race? Um, but yeah, it's because everybody just kind of was taking a nice little jog up, jog up to the top. All right, so Sarah, coming off Berlin, I think everybody knows that we owe you a congratulations. 222, four minute PR. Incredible, incredible. Um, what did that performance mean to you going into this race and the trials? Yeah, it meant a lot, um, just knowing that that was going to be my last opportunity to run fast for a while, just because um, the trials course is not fast, if anyone's seen the profile. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it was also just one I had, I had kind of felt capable of for a while and really believed for, but had kept having setbacks uh, leading up to it. For It was my first healthy buildup. Like, I didn't have an injury 
in two years, actually, before that race. So I, I'd run other marathons, but it was always like kind of rebounding from an injury or kind of going in with like unideal circumstances. So, so yeah, hopefully that encourages some of you guys if you're experiencing setbacks in your training, like just to continue to believe for those things that you see evidence for in training, you know, and you know what you're capable of, that that day will come like eventually if you keep believing for it. I love that. Yeah, I mean, you had a hard race in Boston. And look what happened this this fall. Did, did you ever feel, did that ever discourage you? Tell us how you walked through coming off of Boston and leading into the fall. Yeah, um, you know, I was hopeful going into Boston because um, I, had, I had had some good workouts leading up to it, but I'd only had literally six weeks of running. So I was able to put that race into context pretty quickly afterwards, even though it was a bummer and it was hard to go through that and like, go through one of those ones where you're just like grinding at the end and like almost race walking because your legs are so dead. But, um, but you know, I've just gotten a lot better in my career at moving on past disappointing performances. I've had a lot of failure and um, the longer my career goes, the more of those failures you get. So it's, I just get better at like just refocusing towards whatever the next goal is and knowing that those moments do make you stronger um, for when you have the good moments like Berlin, it's like, things you draw on, on in those tough races, you're drawing on in the good times too. Good, okay, Roberta, it's probably not gonna be as hot as it was in Doha. <laughs> we can almost guarantee you that. Yes. So that'll feel nice. Absolutely. Yes, it will. <laughs> uh, what, what's your biggest hope for the outcome of the race on, on Sunday? I mean, so this is a new experience to me to do two marathons in five weeks. Um, but I think the most, to just be at the start line healthy and competing at my best level um, is all I really have out there for myself. So I feel good, I'm not injured, and I'm just ready to go. So we'll see. Okay, so, so much has happened since the first time we talked. You were on my podcast September 2018, okay? Um, we had some, I had some friends that were stalking Roberta on Strava for quite some time, and everybody was like, you need to follow this woman. She's fast, she's gonna do big things. And since then, you broke 2.30 in the marathon. You ran the world championships. Yes. Yeah. Do you have a race experience that's been the most memorable? Well, I think, you know, 2017, when I went to California, did CIM. That was kind of like my breakthrough. I went from a 2.36 marathon to a 2.30. And being second at the championships was memorable. I wasn't really, I felt like my goal was top five. But, you know, the race just went, like, so ideal for me. Um, so that's one of my favorites. And then coming to New York last year and competing against the high level and being part of the pro field and being 12th overall was amazing. And then, I mean, going to Worlds, I can't explain. Like, I got the opportunity at 41 to represent our country. And um, I'm just living every moment and taking all the opportunities I can right now. Love that. I love telling people your story. I was like, you have to follow this woman. She's so amazing. Okay, Kellen, you're surrounded by a lot of your teammates this weekend. Who's all here? Are you working with Alephine in the race? What is that going to look like between the two of you? I mean, yeah, Alephine's here. We kind of had a different, a different path to be here, though. She was coming off of a stress fracture, a femoral stress fracture. So she had a shortened buildup. Um, so, you know, I don't put anything past her. She's a phenomenal runner, so it wouldn't surprise me if she was with me, but I don't think that's the initial race plan. Um, I think we're trying to get her to be conservative, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens. She might want to run with her friend, Kellen. She'll want to beat me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that. You guys did a podcast with Nazalie, right? And we, you we did. There was some bickering. Yes. 
She said something. I don't know. I gotta. I gotta listen to that. Um, okay. So your breakthrough race. You had a breakthrough race at Grandma's when you ran the 224. That was super exciting. And then you ran the 226 in Prague on a bad day. Like who runs a 226 on a bad day? Um, has anything changed in your training since those two races? Uh, I mean, I think with each segment, you, the training progresses, whether that's pace or how you feel running the pace that's prescribed. I think that this segment, my pace got faster. Um, we threw in a different, uh, a few different workouts uh, that I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I like these. Um, just kind of trying to, uh, I don't know, I guess disrupt the training a little bit um, to see see what happens, you know, experimenting and, I don't know, seeing, seeing how far you can push the limits in training that'll produce a good time on race day. Yeah, I would love to hear you talk about running a race, a marathon from start to finish and feeling bad, but still running really hard and really well, because I think that that happens to a lot of us. We start a race and you're, you think you're gonna feel good at least for the first 13 miles. So mentally, how did you persevere? And I guess I'm mostly talking about in Prague when you ran so fast, feeling so icky. Sure, I mean, yeah, every, everybody goes through it at some point or another, whether it be a 5K, a half marathon, a marathon, any race, I think that you always go, have to go into your head a little bit and try and talk yourself out of stopping. Um, I do it pretty much every race, to be honest. Um, you know, that race, though, was especially challenging. I've had hard marathons, but that one was hard right away. And it could have been the pace. We started out hot. I had kind of a less than ideal last few weeks. Um, but, you know, it was what it was. And I got to halfway, and I was like, oh, I don't know, guys. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. But, you know, you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And keep putting one foot in front of the other, you're going to get knocked down those Ks, you know, instead of having... 10k left you have 5k and then you have one mile and then you have 0.2 you know and as long as you keep moving you're getting closer and closer to the finish so I think that's something that I tried to channel was just move you know as long as you're moving you're getting closer yeah I somebody I've heard someone say that like if I can just move I think it was Courtney DeWalter like just move a little I'm already hurting why don't I hurt a little bit more just move a little bit faster because I'll get done a little bit sooner um now, Roberta, you mentioned not ever running a marathon so close back to back. Correct, yes. Okay, so I feel like Sarah can give some advice here because she's everybody's <laughs> favorite serial racer. <laughs> um, tell us, do we have any tips for that? <laughs> it's too late now to give tips. Yeah, I guess it's a little late. Well, you know, I was talking to um, Lalissa DeSissa's coach, so he ran Worlds and then is doing New York, and I was like, what did you guys do in training before this? He's like, just easy training. And like looking at me like, why would you do a workout? And I was like, wow, well, mine was like completely opposite of that. So, so I don't know, we'll see who does better on Sunday, me or Alyssa DeSissa. But um, I only have one experience doing two marathons um, before CIM. And, um, and I felt like I kind of overdid it in between because I was worried about like, being flat for the race and I also like I wanted to run faster than I ran at the first race I was like it was 30 mile per hour wins and I was like ah I'm gonna run faster but I didn't but um I, I was like looking to like gain fitness but um but then I've had some more experience I've, I've pretty much raced within five weeks after every marathon I've done so um I I've I've learned kind of like how to balance and really just it's really listening to your body you know and kind of 
not feeling like you have to do follow a set schedule of how often you work out or or like pace like I already proved my fitness to myself in Berlin it's more about like doing just enough to prepare yourself and for me that was really focusing on hills too um, I was doing hills before Berlin but but especially really wanting to make sure I was prepared for the hills in New York here so Roberta what have you done in between worlds and now <laughs> So I took three days off after Worlds, and then I've been running since then. But the first week was really easy, no workouts. And then we tried to fit in about three weeks of steady mileage. And I had like one to two workouts a week, So and then taper. So um, feeling like the taper's going well and feeling fresh. So, How many people are running on Sunday? OK, great. Who's first New York City Marathon? OK, so it looks like we have a good amount of repeat runners. Everybody here has run the race. I'm running my first New York on Sunday, actually. So I'd love to hear advice from your first or second, or you know, I know Roberto, you've probably run it more than once. But um, I'd love to hear advice on the course for myself and a lot of these other newbies out here. I mean, save something for the second half. It's it's a tough course. It's, you know, it's not a, it's not an easy one. You have to be prepared for, for those hills, um, going over the bridges and coming into Central Park. So make sure that you have a little bit something left so that you're not uh, walking into the park. Let's not walk into the park. Okay, got it. I think for me, it's coming off the Queensboro Bridge, you're going to be really excited with the roar of the crowd. Control yourself. Don't yeah. go too fast for that next mile. Try to remember there's still another 10 miles to go. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess just knowing that, like, there's hard hills, but there's always the downhill following. Like, there's never, like, a really, really long stretch of, like, only hills. So just know you're going to get breaks. Just ride it out and keep rolling. Yeah. Section-wise, what's the best cheer section? Because I've heard mixed, mixed reviews. I put a tweet out about running on Sunday, and I had different people telling me different favorite parts crowd-wise. Do you even notice, though? I feel like it's hard to not have a crowd pretty much anywhere on the course aside from the bridges and that's only because people aren't allowed on there um, it's just it's lined with people and yeah coming off of some of those bridges you have you get swarmed with people and it is kind of hard to maintain your composure a little bit but it's fun it makes it really fun okay I have a question for you Roberta okay. <laughs> um, now there's only two masters American women who have run faster than you? Is that true? I believe so. Okay. <laughs> I need a fact checker. Um, I think it's correct, yes. Okay, so the great Dina Castor, Colleen DeRuke. Yes. I know that you want to compete with everybody, but you want that record, right? I would like to have the record. <laughs> I'm going to try for it. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I've had been asked why didn't I try this year, but I feel like, like I said, I have to take the opportunities and going to Worlds and coming back here to New York was something I wanted to do. So looking forward, we're looking into 2020 to uh, go for that record. Love it. We are all cheering for you on that. Thank you. Um, okay, so everybody up here is a mother and um, I ha just have to ask a couple mom questions up here because I just think it is so badass that we've got three moms up here that are running with the best in the world. And so I'd love to hear what you want your kids to take from your career in running. Like, what's the biggest takeaway you want them to see? 
Yeah, well, um, it's been really neat. I feel like uh, becoming a mom, I guess it was four years ago, we adopted um, our four daughters from Ethiopia, and now they're ages 9 to 19 years old. But um, it's added another layer of meaning to my running because they are kind of, uh, they're in this journey like with me, like they're seeing me go through all this stuff like in real time. And so for me, a lot of that is resilience, like having them see really big disappointments and having to like pick myself back up after those disappointments and believe again and keep going after things. And um, like when I, I had 222 written on my mirror all year and, and when I came home, they'd written like done, like good job. And, and they, but they, they saw me write that when I was like in the midst of the longest stretch of injury of my whole career, like this winter and, and how I just, I, they saw me having to like go to the gym and do things I didn't want to do. And, um, and just for them, like they've had a lot of challenges in their own life. Like they, they never had been to school prior to coming here and they didn't know the language, they didn't, or the culture, like all that stuff. And so, but they've kind of seen like through running and, and even the older ones do run themselves. They've seen how all you have to do is like, just keep putting in your best effort day after day and it gets better. Like they could only run 400 meters and now we have a state champion in cross country. And so she's seen through running that parallel of hard work and it's like, you don't see it right away, but you just have to keep like plugging away day after day and it gets better. And so they've really applied that to school and other areas that, that keep being challenging for them. So, um, so that's been really neat to share that with them. Love that. So for me, like for my children, I have three boys, they're 12, 13 and 16. And they've seen my path kind of come evolve differently in the sense that I started running later in life again. Well, I ran in college and high school, but took a break for almost 10 years. So I want them to, for me, I, I feel like you don't know what your path is going to be, per se. But you, if you keep on working hard and do something you love and have a passion, you just don't know where it may sh end up as long as you put in the hard work and consistency. So I think for me, them seeing me go out daily and do what I do on top of being a full-time nurse and a, and a mother they appreciate and they enjoy, they can see what that the passion I have for something and the hard work is showing results. And I think as long as they have a passion for something in life and work at it, you don't know what may, it may bring. Are you going to work on Monday? Yes, <laughs> unless I win. <laughs> Celebratory okay. drinks will go a little bit further on Sunday night if you win. What about you, Kellen? Uh, mine isn't a whole lot different. Um, you know, I have a, a nine-year-old daughter, and then we foster children as well. Um, you know, I have always wanted my daughter to know that it's okay to fail. I fail all the time, most of the time, to be quite honest. Um, but it's not okay to give up. So she's seen me, you know, lose so many times, uh, not hit my times that I've wanted. But then she's seen the good moments. So when I won grandmas or when, you know, I hit a goal that I was really shooting for, um, and it makes it special, and I hope that she can kind of take that work ethic into, you know, the rest of her life and realize that if you want something, you're going to have to work for it, but you can do it. This is a podcast for a whole other day, but just in talking about the fostering, I feel like a lot of times in life we put things off like that because we're like, well, right now I'm really busy with running or working or whatever, so in this height of your running career, how did you make that kind of decision to, to foster? Well, we did kind of put it off a little bit. We uh, were planning to do it about a year earlier than we did. We just got licensed uh, this last March, um, so we haven't even been licensed for a full year. But 
we were like, we looked at the papers and everything. We were like, this is so daunting. I don't even know how we're going to do all of it. Um, but then, you know, it just got to the point where we were like, we're ready. You know, like, I didn't feel like I could have a kid this close to the Olympics. Um, we wanted to expand our family in some form or another. Um, and that was a, a good way to do it. I mean, there's a huge need for it. And we're more than capable of doing it. So here we are. <laughs> love that. Well, thanks for doing it. I love it. Um, American distance running, okay. Seeing the success of your competitors probably puts a little drive in, in what you want to do. Were there any performances over this last year that you saw that kind of have you fired up? There's so many. I mean, really, it's like every marathon that I think happens now. There's some American that is blasting out an amazing time, which is a really exciting. But then I'm also kind of like, come on, guys. <laughs> Let's, we're good, we're good, we have enough people. But it's still very cool. It's awesome watching the World Championships because the US is strong across every event now. Like before it used to be like the sprints and you know like, and then the distance runners, like we were lucky to make the final and that was the goal and stuff. But now it's like literally every event there's like people in medal contention or like right there getting fifth and you know, and so it's, it's been awesome, yeah. I agree. I think just every marathon you see somebody having a PR or like some new name show up that you may not have heard of before. And I think it's just inspiring to keep us all wanting to improve and, and, and show that American women are like fast and we're furious. <laughs> so true. Anybody here going to the trials? I'm going to go. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, okay. So everybody in this room is capable of something extraordinary. And believing that is imperative to making it happen. And so I'd love to hear you all talk about how do you pump yourself up to go all in on that belief, all in on the belief that I could win the New York City Marathon, I could make the Olympic team. What are some things you do? Um, I mean, I guess for me, it's, it's been funny because um, like originally in my career, like you'd have these kind of big goals that you'd believe for even when your training didn't, wasn't there yet, you know, and you're kind of trying to reach that. But in the marathon, it's kind of been the opposite where my trainings kind of caused me to dream bigger for performances like I didn't think I was capable of. So I think you can get, you, it can go both ways. You know, you can like, um, you, you want to look to your training to dictate what your goals are, but then it's also good to have some lofty goals too that are like pie in the sky, like, why not me? Like, why couldn't I do this, you know? So I think, yeah, both ways. Um, I think also, like, for me, it's belief, like, you know, believing. I do the same thing with the whole, uh, my goals are written on my mirror in my bathroom, so I look at it daily. And um, I think mentally, you, you have to believe in the will, and the will of, like, your mind and knowing that you have to believe in yourself and that you can do these good things, or even try. It's just going for it. And you know, yeah, you may fail in that moment. You may not hit your goal, but you have to at least try for it. And if you don't, you're always gonna wonder. I mean, I've always been a big believer that your mind is a super powerful thing with your, like in correlation with your performance. Um, I think that it plays a huge factor. And if you go into a race and you feel like you can't you can't even do whatever goal you had originally set out to do then what's the point you know like i don't know so going into a race with the confidence of the work that you've done prior to the race and believing 
and what you're trying to do is incredibly important. I mean, you know, it might be lofty, people might laugh at it, but if you have a belief in it that you can do it, then that's all that matters. So true. I'd love to hear a little bit about the different training styles we have up here leading up to the race, because I know, Kellen, you train with, with your team. Roberta, I want to hear a little bit about your training, and Sarah as well. So um, why don't you just start, Sarah? Like, who are you doing most of your hard workouts with? Is Ryan jumping in workouts with you? What's going on? Yeah, um, so my training looks really different now than the majority of my career. I was kind of like with a team, and I always loved that aspect of it. But um, but then once we left uh, the Mammoth Track Club and kind of went out on our own, we just kind of got in the groove of being each other's support people. And um, and so I do most of it alone, although Rent Flagstaff has a lot of really fast people, so I love to connect like socially for easy runs. Or sometimes I connect with um, Rachel Schneider for hard workouts. She's like a 5K mile runner. Um, so so yeah, it's, it's challenging sometimes. But for me, it's worked well having kids and stuff just to kind of do things at the time I need to do them and kind of like, I, like I feel like I'm very focused in training and I'm like, the, when you're a mom, it's kind of like a, a lot of your life, you're not able to do the things you want to be doing. So like when I'm training, I'm like all in with the training in the moment. And so that, um, that kind of works for me right now. But actually Ryan uh, got inspired. We were in St. Moritz, Switzerland before Berlin and it's one of our favorite places in the world to run. And he was like, what am I doing in a gym here in St. Moritz? He's like, I want to I wanna get back running with you. And I was like, yes, like by like trying to keep a poker face because like I've been wanting this for like a long time. So he's actually started training and he did a couple workouts with me recently, which was really fun. Although he's breathing like really hard. I'm like, <laughs> like you're making me tired just like how hard you're breathing. But, um, <laughs> but no, it's really great to, to have him out there, especially for the easy runs. Can, you, can he keep up with you if you do, like, say you're doing, like, I don't know what kind of workouts you do, Sarah, but, like, 8K repeats or something? Can he do all eight with you? No, he's not there yet, but, um, like, kind of the pre-race stuff was okay. perfect for him because it was, like, easy for me and then, like, just right where he was at. But um, I'm sure it's going to come back fast. He's just got to lose some of the LBs yeah. that he put on. <laughs> can you imagine 10 years ago if that would have been the case? And <laughs> yeah. he was running, like, a 59-minute half marathon? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, he's transformed quite a bit, but he's still keeping up the lifting, so he's very active because he's like running with me, lifting the same amount, and then like sometimes like on the bike with my daughters or something, and like wow, a lot of exercise. <laughs> okay, tell me about your training, Roberta. So my training, I mean, generally uh, since I work a full-time job, I I do most of my runs in the morning before work, but now that the kids are a little older and I work closer to home, I have an hour in between drop-off and work, so I run, and then I use baby wipes to wash off. I'm just gonna <laughs> let you know, but I'm, I, I do clean up a little bit, and then I go to work, and then I generally do a second run on my lunch break. That's when I have the kids, and then when I don't have my children, I have a little bit more luxury to run and focus more on the evening workouts, and I do train, I mean, so it's the same thing where I have, you know, I have limited time, so maybe I don't have people to run with, or maybe have someone on an easy run, uh, but, and then I, I have uh, one or two guys that will come in on some of the hard days, which is really nice to help me out. They'll focus on my pace and get me through the workout. So Nice. Could they do eight reps with you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, Kellen, uh, you train with Nazalie. Who have you been doing a lot of your workouts with building up to the race? Um, honestly, I didn't really 
since we were in kind of different uh, areas for the segment, I did a lot of them by myself, or uh, there were a couple that I had some guys helping pace, uh, teammates or just other people in Flagstaff. Um, but yes, I do have the luxury of having a team that I get to meet with almost every day of the week. So we meet usually six days of the week to do our easy runs together, and then we'll usually at least be in the same place for a workout um, at the same time, maybe not necessarily doing the same thing. But it's always nice to kind of just have that uh, camaraderie to kind of help you push through through hard things. Um, yeah, but I, honestly, a lot of our segments, if they don't mesh up, then we're just kind of on our own. Okay, what's the what's the key uh, marathon workout? I feel like the NAS crew, there's this one key workout you guys were always doing. I can't remember it, it, what it was, but tell me, and then tell me, did you do it for this race? I think you're probably referring to like our long steady state. Okay. We usually do like a 15 or 16 mile steady state at marathon effort. Um, we're at 7,000 feet, so it's adjusted accordingly, um, which you know is kind of whatever you want to make it. There is no set set time difference, but um, yeah, we, we did it th this segment. We do it every segment. I can't think of one that we haven't, and it went great. <laughs> okay, ladies, talk to us about the hills in New York and how you mentally get up them to get down them. Like, is there, and do you play mind games with yourself? How do, do you stay in the pack? What does this look like? I think you have to go to a special place in your mind. <laughs> um, you know, anything to not think about what you're doing like it's hurting obviously it's hurting it does not feel good but once you get up the hill you're going down so as long as you can go somewhere else i don't know space out do whatever you need to do look at somebody's back if you need to look at their butt look at their feet i don't know whatever you need to look at to just think of something different that's i mean that's what i do yeah i don't know i mean same thing it's just you're you're grinding you're focusing and just looking ahead like sometimes i'll just look up ahead like i gotta get there just get there quickly. <laughs> I think in, in training is really where you practice the um, the mantras and the, the self-talk that you're going to use on race day. So in training, it's like like picture your goal race, you know, and like picture like those hard hard parts near the end of the workout, like put yourself wherever it's going to be. So it's, it's really powerful if you can, if you can't run the course, like maybe go on YouTube and like watch some footage of it or something to get some visuals because then um, I've really seen the power of that, like, before we're visualizing things before, and then it's almost like your body knows what to do, and it clicks into that once you actually are there doing it. Do you visualize Central Park, the finish line? I mean, have you guys been visualizing that for weeks now, or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I am fortunate enough to live relatively close, close by, so I come into the city and run. I didn't do it this training cycle, but I've gone in and done the whole last 10 miles before. So, but I definitely visualize the Fifth Avenue uh, climb into Central Park. So, I visualize like last 600 meters. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, tw in 2017, I was in fifth place going into like that last turn and got passed by three people right there, you know? Ugh. So it was, it was kind of defeating, but you know, it's been a constant motivator to be like, don't let that happen again, you know? Like that was, that's a lot of places, you know, with 600 meters to go. Yeah. So just thinking about that and trying to remember to push once you get into the park, you have approximately three miles left and you know, that's not that far when you've already ran 23 miles. Yeah, how do you do that though? Because the, they always say you're, you feel 
defeated when people are passing. You're supposed to pass with authority. So as you're getting passed, are you trying to keep up with that person passing? I mean, what is... Ideally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did not. Yeah. <laughs> you're motivated from that experience. Okay, so um, I think that we have an exciting thing happening for Sarah today. Um, Sarah, when not only did she PR by four minutes and run a 222 in Berlin, um, but she also finished her sixth of the World Marathon Majors. Yes. Do we have any other six-star finishers here? Yeah, Charlie, I saw Charlie. Okay, we've got another one back here. So we've got two other finish, six-star finishers. Three, another one? Awesome. So I think it was 160 or 170, 160 are going after their sixth star in New York on Sunday. So that's really exciting. Um, do you ladies have desire to do that, by the way? It'd be really cool, I think, that, you know, after after 2020, you know, just kind of set your sights on doing one of each. Yeah. I mean, yes, I would like to, but we'll see. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Um, okay, so we're going to bring up Tim Hedzima, who is the executive director of the Abbott World Marathon Majors. Well, we just wanted to, on behalf of the Abbott World Marathon Majors and our friends at Abbott, congratulate you on an amazing global journey that you had coming to, to all six of our events and with the unbelievable performance in Berlin. So congratulations. And one additional thing just to keep the positive vibes going. So again, on in, for, in recognition for the amazing global journey that you had through the Abbott World Marathon Majors, on behalf of the Abbott World Marathon Majors and our partners at Abbott, we wanted to donate $10,000 to the Paul Steps Foundation as well, for you to continue your great work that you do. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, congratulations, Sarah. That's so great. I love it. Ladies, good luck. Best of luck. We are all cheering for you, and we cannot wait to see what you do on Sunday, and we're going to let you go rest now. Go get in your hotel room, get your feet up. Thank you so much for coming to the show, and thank you to the New York Roadrunners for having us out. I want to say a big thank you to the New York Roadrunners for having me out New York City Marathon Weekend and to Sarah Hall, Kellen Taylor, and Roberta Groner for being so gracious with your time and having the space in your life to let me interview you at the Run Center this weekend. Congratulations to Roberta and Kellen and Sarah. We hope you're feeling better. We cannot wait to watch all three of you compete at the Olympic Trials in February. You guys go head over to the Roadrunners website, nyrr.org, and check out all that they offer at the Run Center. Plus, check out the virtual races that they host throughout the year as well. All right. Have a wonderful Friday. Have a great rest of your weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.